0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com um, I do talk about Chinuch a lot. I've been a Rebbe for 38 years even though I don't look like I'm that old. So, last week's Parsha, I'm going last week's Parsha talks about a boy that's very off the derech. You know, everybody thinks that this is something new, that we have children that are off the derech. It's not something new at all. The Torah talks about a boy that's called a ben Sora u'mora, It's a boy that's 12 and a half. Ben-Soreh Mora is between 12 and a half and 13 years old. Not 16, 17. Only if he does this between 12 and a half and 13 years old, what does he do, says Rashi? He eats a lot of meat, he drinks a lot of wine, he steals, and he doesn't listen to his parents. He's called the Ben Saru his parents have to take him, they stone him. It's a terrible story, could you imagine parents taking their child? The first stones that are thrown at him are by the parents and then the people of his town. And it's a very hard thing to understand what the Gemara says, it never happens. So if it never happens, and today we can't, even if it would happen, we don't have a bezdin to bring a child to someone to Misa 71. So then why would the Torah tell us something that never happened? We know that everything in the Torah could happen. But if this never happened, and now it can't happen until Mashiach comes. So it's a story about something that you might as well talk about the Martians landing on Earth. It's a story about something that can't happen. So there's a very deep reason that the Torah talks about something that never happened, a ben sorer Moira. and it says the following: ki ish ben sorer when a person would have a rebellious child, a shamea be called aviv. He doesn't listen to his father Ubakol Emo he doesn't listen to his mother the yeshu also they discipline him and he doesn't listen to them two questions on this passage one it already said enenu aviv Ubakol he didn't listen to his father's voice or his mother's voice and then the passage ends the Yishma and he didn't listen to them. It's repetitive. We know that he didn't listen to them. In the beginning of the Pastag, it says he didn't listen to his father, he didn't listen to his mother. Number one. Number two, why doesn't it just say, Bekol Aviv ve'imau"? He didn't listen to his father and his mother. Instead it says, Enenush Be'kol aviv uvakal emo. There's an extra word, Uvakal. And the answer is something that I talk a lot about. And the answer is the following. The pasik has to be read differently than it really looks. It has to be read the following. Kiyah li'ish ben Sairo mayra. How could it be that a person could have a child that is so off? When does that happen? Kiyeh. When does that happen that a child would be so off? So, this is how we have to translate. When could it be, did you have such a child that's so off the derech? is the Kotsker Rebbe said this word. Einenu, Shomea Bekol Aviv, Ubekol Imo. Do you know why this boy is so off? Or this girl is so off the derech? Because he never heard his father and mother's voice. They never spoke to him. They never gave him time. They were busy talking on their iPhones. They were busy talking business. They were busy talking to their friends. But this child, a nenu shame aviv ubakal emo, he never heard them talk to him. When did he hear them talk to them? also, But they disciplined him and they criticized him. And they told him what to do and what not to do. But besides that, he never heard their voice in a loving way. It's interesting that I didn't tell them to play this video. They never heard the word from their parents, I love you, you're special. I'm so happy, I've in for so many years to have you. All they heard was, why did you get a 50 on your test? Why you late? Why are you sloppy? That's fine. If you, if you hear the words of love, says the Pasuk, but if you don't hear your parents' voice, all you hear is discipline, we guarantee you, he will not listen to you. So the Pasuk is not repetitive. The first means he didn't hear you. You didn't talk to him. The second part is, he will not listen to you, if that's all. And many parents come to me, and it's not all the blame on the parents, but many parents come when it's too late. When the kid is off to bed, when the kid is rebelling, when the kid tells his mother, bug off, in the middle of the night when she's trying to figure out where he is. It's too late to give them time then, because they know... Oh, my mother and father, they want to take me to a baseball game. They never took me to a baseball game. They want to talk to me. They never used to talk to me. Now that I'm off to Derech, and they want me to be Shomer Shabbat again, now they're talking to me. They don't really love me. They just want me to be a good boy and girl so I look good to everybody else. They know it's fake. So it's too late at 15, 16, 17 to start talking to your kids. I think... But it's very important. Coming in to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the month is called Elul. Ani, Lidodi, Vidodi Li. I am to my loved one, and my loved one is to me. It sounds very Shakespearean. It sounds like Romeo and Juliet. What does this have to do with Elul? It should mean, Elul, same words, Aleph, Lamed, Vav, Lamed. I'm to my loved one, my loved one is to me. Elul is a very scary month. It's not a month of I'm loving, you're loving, he loves me, I love him. And the reason that Chazal used these words is because if we were to stand in front of God in judgment as a judge and a person, there's nobody in this room, including me, maybe in this generation, except maybe Rav Chaim, maybe Rav Avadi, maybe could stand in judgment in front of Hashem who had, that, that would pass judgment. Judgment is very hard. It's very finite. Every mitzvah gets checked out. Did you really do it? Did you do it for the right reasons? Every aveira, they don't miss anything. So Chazal knew that if you're going to come to Hashem, like some guy going to court, with a sultan who's an angel prosecuting you, you don't have a chance. I don't have a chance. So they said the following. Create... A relationship. In the month of Elul, create a loving relationship between you and God. And there's a very deep word in Kabbalah which I don't think anyone in this room ever heard. There are people that stand in front of God on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur and the Satan will not prosecute them they come into the room the court is set up the defense angel Michael is on one side the satan is on this side they bring in Moshe ben Sarah and the satan goes no next you have nothing to say you're the prosecuting lawyer nothing he's such a perfect guy She's not a perfect guy. She's not a perfect girl by a long shot. I am not prosecuting this case. which was brought down in Kabbalah. How could that be? How could anyone in this room stand on Rosh Hashanah, and when they bring your soul in front of God, the prosecuting angel who prosecutes everybody will say, Sarabas Rivka? No, uh, Hashem, uh, I rest my case. And all the angels are like, come on! No, no, I have nothing to say about her. How's that possible? So it's brought down. The marshal that they give, the parable that they give, is the king has a wife. The queen. And they love each other very, very much. But she makes a mistake. Whatever the mistake is, she makes a huge mistake and she's guilty and she has to be hung and they go to the lawyer and they say hey the queen did something wrong really bad he goes okay we have witnesses okay we want you to prosecute her in court Like, are you crazy you want me to prosecute the queen the king will chop my head off He loves her. I am not going to be the lawyer in this case. Find another lawyer. And they go from lawyer to lawyer to lawyer. And they're like, Are you nuts? I'm going to prosecute the queen in front of the king? I'm going to have his wife hung? No, I would like to live with my children. If I prosecute them, my kids, my grandchildren, myself, my wife, they'll burn my house down, they'll hang all of us. You don't mess. You don't mess with the queen. And therefore, there's nobody in the land to prosecute the queen. And she walks away free. And another marshal he brings down, and this is brought down in a few places. Imagine the king has a son, a prince. And he's very close to the prince. And the prince does something wrong. And the guy that he does something wrong that takes care of the prince, he's like, I can't tell the king. Because the king is not interested. It's just, like, it's just like if you're in shul and your kid is talking. And some guy goes over to him and slaps him in the face. Be quiet. You'll kill him. You'll break the guy's arms. You'll kill him. you touch my kid. Are you crazy? And then your wife will come. And whatever's left of him, she'll take care of the rest. Are you crazy? You hit my kid? Well, he was talking and dominating. Did you ever touch my kid? Same father, the next day, kid's talking by dominating. Father whacks him. Kid says, What? You beat up the other guy that hit me yesterday, and now you whack me. He says, I can whack you. You're my kid. Nobody else can whack you. Nobody else can give you musr. I can give you musr when there's a relationship in El between you and God, so the Chachaman, if you're going to go to court just like that, you're, not, you're in big trouble. But if you work on your, Ani l'daydi, l'daydi, li, you work on your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he loves you, you're, you're his wife, you're his child, then the Satan is scared to mess with you. He has enough people that don't have a relationship with Hashem. So therefore, the HaKadosh are giving us advice, and they're saying, Ani l'daydi, l'daydi, li, work on your relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And what is that relationship? What causes a relationship between a husband and wife? I do a lot of shalom bias. I try. So many times, many of my students, whatever. So the women, I I don't talk to a woman and a man when it comes to shalom bias. They have to come together. I don't understand rabbis who talk to the wife or the husband, because that's their perception. I don't understand people who tell parents what to do with their kids without, make, without meeting their kids. I will never tell somebody, hello, my kids, I'm like, I need to meet the kid. Because sometimes the parents' perception is their reality. is totally off. When you talk to the kids, they're like, oh, my kid has a problem. What's the problem? She wears shoes, and the front is open. And that's it. Everything else is good. Oh, everything's very good. Once in a while, we catch her with some clear nail polish. What should we do, Rabbi Wallerstein? I'm like, I need to meet your daughter. Daughter comes into my office. She sits down. I'm like, so, your parents are having a major problem with you. What's what? what?" I'm like, you have open-toe shoe and clear nail polish. I I I think there's more going on. She goes, well, I don't keep Shabbos not really eating kosher anymore, I'm talking to boys and hanging out with them, I'm like, nail polish clear, it's a good thing, just keep it up, don't worry about it. I'm like, the parents have no idea, so I, I would be talking about nail polish, meanwhile, kids Machal Shabbat, so you, you're not allowed to talk or help anyone unless you meet everyone, that needs to help. Because many of the parents have no idea what's going on. And in a marriage, many times you speak to the wife, my husband this, my husband that, my husband this. Then you talk to the husband, my wife this. So it's good to bring them together. So they come to my house, they sit down at the table. I have five daughters, Baruch Hashem, and a wife. I'm living with, well, I was living with six women. Now four of them are married. And for a while with one bathroom, it's a different shear, Six women in one bathroom. It's not parashat. now we have more than one. I don't understand women. I'm never going to try to understand you. So my daughters, and one day I walk in the room, one of them has, is sitting by the bed. Her hair is on the bed. And my other daughter's ironing her hair. And I'm like, I thought Hashem made here permanent press. When do you have to start ironing your hair? So whatever it is, we're not going to talk about women. Anyway, I always let the woman talk first. Ladies first. I'm like, the two of you look so... Even if you don't, I say it anyway. The two of you look like an amazing couple. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah. You must have very nice wedding pictures. So what's wrong with your marriage? What's going on? Now, whether they're married three months, two years, 12 years, 15 years, 40 years. Sometimes you have to do shalom Bias after 40 years. Like, what's wrong? He looks like a nice guy. She's like, he doesn't love me doesn't matter how long they're married that's what she always says he doesn't love me and every single husband says the same thing you see that's the problem what do you mean I don't love you I pay the mortgage I don't know why they say that always sometimes the lady says what do you mean you pay the mortgage my father bought the house without a mortgage that's true okay I pay the bills. I'm killing myself. I work all day. I just got you a new car. I just bought you jewelry." And the lady says, and this doesn't give excuses not to buy jewelry for them guys. I don't need your jewelry. I don't need your mortgage. I didn't marry you for that. My father I had a car, had a house before I got married. He says, so what do you want? I get this all the time, day and night. So what do you, he looks at her, so what do you want? And she looks him back and says, you know what I want? He goes, no, I don't know what you want. I want you to give me some time. I want you to spend, and I don't want your car, I don't need your jewelry. I, I can tell you a case of one of the richest people I know. The daughter came to me and said, she me her problems, that her mother threw a diamond bracelet at her father in front of the kids. And said, "Take." I don't even say what she said. Forget about what she said. I don't want your jewelry. I don't want your car. Okay, some of the women in this room are like, oh, "Forget the time. get me the jewelry." But okay. <laughs> I just want your time. And every guy's like, "Time?" Like, like I come home. No, I, w- I want me and you. We got married with just the two of us. I wanted me and you. We should talk to each other. You should tell me how you feel about me. You should tell me. What our plans are, you don't talk to me. You're either learning, which is great, but not on my time. You're either learning, or you're in business, or you're you're friends, or you're on the phone. You're just not there for me. It's very sad. So I'm, I have a, I have a, an answer to it. I say, listen, for Hashem, she doesn't have to go to therapy. She knows how to talk about her feelings, right? She's good. She knows. She knows. She knows what she's missing. This is amazing. So the the two of you go away for three days. used to be Florida. I don't know about tomorrow. We'll see. But go away for three days. There's a place. There's a place in Mexico. I I wanted to go. Not in Mexico right now either, right? It's pretty much you can't go anywhere. Stay in New York. But there's a place in Mexico when I, 20 years ago, I wanted to go with my wife. Um, It's up on a mountain. And the Sephardim have a, there's a hotel on the bottom I forgot the name of the island. Very nice place. And each has villas, and each villa has a private pool. It's like perfect. And there's a minion at the bottom of the mountain. There's a hotel with a minion. So it's like fantastic. So at that time, when I called them up, it was a very famous place for honeymooners. There was no, there was no cell phone, so it didn't exist. There was no phones on the island. You had one phone for emergency in the office of the hotel. And it's very embarrassing if you went to use that phone. They said, bring your wife, bring your book, that's it. No radios, no televisions, no phones. Just the two of you. I'm trying to remember the name, it'll come to me. Anyway, so I tell these couples, why don't you go there for three days? Just the two of you. It was interesting, when I called them and I asked them about the place, I said, so when people leave, like, are, they, are, they, are they good? They said, either one or two things happened. Either they get much better or they get divorced. Because they're sitting with each other for three days and they can't talk to anyone else but each other. And all of a sudden you're looking at this person like, I married you? Married me? What are you doing? So I tell the guys, go away for three days. Right, guys in this room, take your wife away for three days. I'll watch your kids. Somebody will watch the kids. The grandparents, the uncles, the aunts. Take your wife away for three days. Just the two of you. So I tell the guy... Take your wife away for three days and no more. You don't need therapists. It'll be cheaper than all the therapists. You're going to need marriage counseling. The guy looks at me and goes, three days? Does it have to be in a row? Okay, I do like a day and then three months later another day and three months later another. And I'm like, you don't get it, man. You don't get it. So what's love? What's real love of a husband and a wife? What's real love of a parent and a child? What's real love of two friends? People who are willing to spend time with each other. So in the next, we don't have much time. We have another 10 days. If you want to show God love, spend some time with him. Say an extra chapter to heal Learn a little bit extra Torah. Sit at the edge of your bed and say, you know, I've been complaining to you my whole life about everything that's wrong in my life. But you know what? There are so many things that are right. I can see. I can hear. I can talk. There's a shidduch crisis. I got married. I have children. I'm speaking tomorrow morning to a group of girls, and it's a much too large group who are over 40 years old and single. I don't even know what I'm going to tell them. You're married. You have children. Hashem gave you his most precious thing. Gave you children. And you're using that time to be on that stupid piece of metal called apple. And it's an apple that's bitten out of. Look at the, don't look at it. When you go to a hotel, open up Gideon's Bible. Look at the picture of Eve on her first sin, with the snake wrapped around her, holding up the exact same apple bitten out of, that is on your symbol of your phone, that every single day you go to that Avoid de Go to the web, where spiders kill their captives. Go to the net, where things are fished out of the water so they can't breathe. Go to the cell, where prisoners are. They even named it, that you should all understand it. Go to the Go to the keys on your computer. Push the enter button. And look for an exit button. There isn't any. It says escape. You don't have to be brilliant. What are you doing? Are you married to your phone? Do you love your phone? And the answer is yes, you do. Because if spending time with something means that you love it, then all of us are in love with a piece of metal. When we have human hearts around us, our children, our husbands and our wives, we have human hearts that need time and instead of that, we're giving it to a lithium battery. Why am I telling you this tonight? Because what is Rosh Hashanah? What is the judgment? What do you want? What do we ask for? Money? Yeah. Health? Yeah. Children? Yeah. A Shidduch? Yeah. Yeah. Details, man. It's just details. Because without time, you don't get any of those. Without time, you're dead. You don't have a second left in your life, you're gone. You're in the other world. So when you're standing on Rosh Hashanah, you're saying, give me 365 days of 24 hours plus 60 minutes times 60 seconds. That is what I need from you, God. I don't want to live 11 months. I want to live 12 months. I want time. So when you ask for something, when you're asking for time, because the marriage and the money and everything else is only if you have time. If you don't have time, you can't be married. You're in the ground. So if you're asking for time, what are they judging us and Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur for? What are they judging you? What are you going to be judged for? You're coming and you're asking, give me time. So they're going to say, okay, we gave you time last year. Let's see how you used it. You used it well, we give you more time. You abused it, we give you less time. So the sultan walks into the court and he says, put up on the screen... How many minutes she used on the phone last year? Not connected to the creator's creation. Not the flowers, not the birds, not the butterflies, not the sense of smell, because phones don't smell. Not the sense of touch, not the sense of hearing, because phones are not alive. How much time does she spend in my world that took me 6 days to create, that I gave to the human being? And how how much time does she spend in the fake world, the man-made world, that has no feelings whatsoever and no emotions? And if she spent more time in the man-made world, then why should we give her God's world? The judgment of today's human being is how you spent your time. He gave you a wife, he gave you a husband, he gave you children, he gave you parents, and you're spending that time with a machine that cures nothing about any one of us. This is not even a Jewish thing. This is, not, this is Time Magazine, this is Newsweek, this is the non-Jewish world. Isn't is that a Jewish thing about the time that this other world is taking away from us? So we're standing where Shoshana and I I want to be in your world, Hashem. I want to smell a flower. I want to eat an apple. I want to touch. I want to hug my children. I want to listen to music. I want to see beautiful colors and scenery. I want to be in your world. But if you're not going to be in his world, there's no reason for him to give us another year of life. So at least for the next 10 days, spend it in his world. Less phone, more world. Show him that you appreciate time. That's my judgment and your judgment and all of our judgments and the whole world. It's not just Jews. The whole world is judged on Rosh Hashanah. And it's a disease of the whole world. It's an addiction. I'm not even getting into the the Michal Shabbos and the whole addiction of it. Just give your family, give each other the most precious thing you have, which is love. And what is love? Love is time, time is potential. One moment of your life. Do you understand what a moment of your life is? In Jewish law, if you have a 98-year-old man who had a major stroke and he's brain dead, he's 98 years old, great-great-grandchildren, built yeshivas, helped America, unbelievable guy. 98, he did everything. He's brain dead. Brain dead. His heart's still pumping. Nothing else. He will never wake up. He will never talk again. He's over. This young 21-year-old guy is in an accident. His wife is pregnant. He's expecting a child. And they need a liver. His liver is lacerated. To save his life, he needs a liver transplant. And they say, Rabbi... This guy, he lived his whole life. He's brain dead. Can we get his liver to save this kid? He's about to have a child. The child will never see his father. He has his whole life ahead of him. It doesn't make sense to let him die and let this guy live. And the halacha is, can't take the liver. Because one second in this world, brain dead. Brain dead. One second in this world. You cannot take that second away from that 90-year-old man and save that kid. Doesn't make logically sense. It makes no logically sense. Because we as human beings do not understand what one second in this world is. But the rabbis, when the Torah was written, Hashem said, you cannot take the life of another human being to save another human being. That's Judaism. A moment in life. Look what we're doing with our moments. Come home, at least for the next, take on for the next year. You come home for the first hour. Again, this is not even Jewish. For the first hour that a father comes home, Mommy, Tati, put your phone in a basket and turn it off. Kids, everybody, in a basket for the first hour. The kids will see that, you know what? We mean more to our parents than that phone. They will look at that phone and they will not believe it. And don't leave your phone on vibrate. Because that's torture, to sit there while you're eating and see them jumping. You're going to go crazy. You're going to have withdrawal. Turn them off. Turn your kids on. First Pasek. In Ben Myra. Myra. If we don't hear the kids, don't hear their parents' voice, then don't ask questions while they won't listen. I want to give everyone a bracha, a very simple bracha. Hashem should give you this year. A lot of time. A lot, a lot of time. good Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.